Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Double Cleanse Podcast, a podcast all about beauty, things, stuff, fashion, fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's about influencers and makeup and skincare and, and just things in general. I think, you know, just things like you'll see today, it's just about doing things. Just beauty <laughs> things. <laughs> Listen, James, this is our season finale. Mm. And what a season it's been. <laughs> it's been a very long season. The issue with us too is we don't understand how long our seasons are, so we just yeah. keep going. And then so we're one like, day let's we're like, finish next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's do this until next week. Yeah, we'll do this until next yeah. week. So we're going to take a little bit of a break after this. I mean, feel free to listen back over all of them. I mean, there's too many episodes. Right. And keep an eye on our social media to see when we're coming back for season what? Four? Three, three. Oh, three. Yeah, we just want to take a bit of a break, restructure everything. Yeah, get a bit more interesting for you out there. Is there anything you've been loving this week? You know what, actually? You know when Instagram just gets their adverts actually right? Yeah, they've been and, doing it a lot. Yeah, recently. they've been doing it a lot. They've really know. Actually, no, this wasn't an advert. This was a For You page, Explore page, whatever they call it, kind of thing now. This is a brand called Estrid, and they actually do products that are kind of for shaving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they're a vegan brand, and I took a particular interest in their body care, because I'm a bit more into body care. I feel like I'm really lazy when it comes to my body. I, me too, and I recently, I was like, shit, I really don't want old armpits. Mm. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know, like the join, of, like the entrance to your, like, say you so, like sit there and just touch the entrance to your armpit, like that bit, I think ages really quickly. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's like muscle and stuff. Right. Like you could you, do your Michelle Obama weights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Michelle Obama arms. Yeah. So one particular product I've been loving from Estrid is their all glowed up vegan sugar scrub. Think of a sugar scrub. Mm. Now bring that sugar down a few levels. Mm-hmm. Add a rose scent into it that isn't offensive. Okay. And it's like a very fine, crystallized kind of sugar scrub that leaves the skin feeling really, really soft. What I like, listen to this. Yeah, I'm listening. Scrubs that I've used in the past in the shower, and I actually keep in the shower. When you open them, there's always water in there. It's really annoying. There's always water, and they make the shower really slippery. <laughs> yeah. <and> I, <laughs> or like they fall off your hand, there's always bits of scrub. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's just the packaging on this, but I don't have that issue with this. It's easy to take out. Mm. Doing so, like, you can just take it out. It comes apart easy, because I find a lot, a lot of sugar scrubs have some kind of thickness to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so easy just to rub over the body 
granulate away, yeah. rah, 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 yeah. and then rinse away. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to using the watermelon jelly uh, shower and shave gel. It's a two in one. Oh, um, um, but it's not going to be like a menthol. No, no, no. Um, their products just look really good, and their packaging is all pink, and that sells me to be honest. Packaging is a big seller. Jack. It's a big seller, Robert. Robert, listen, is there anything you've been Oh, I'm so happy. Oh, this looks like a powder. What is no, this? No, so this is Rose Ink Skin Enhanced Luminous Tinted Serum. What the Now, hell? Rose Ink is the brand from Model Rose. Rosington Hunt. Rose. Rose. Rose, uh, Rose Huntington Whiteley. It's her brand. Is that her name? I believe so. And I think it's exclusive to Space and K here in the UK because it was gifted to me from Rosie Huntington White. That's the one. Thank you. And I actually picked up some. We went <gasps> shopping together. Do you remember when we were in London? How beautiful was that? Oh, when we were in London and um, one of the, the um, staff members there was like, have you seen this? And I was like, no, what the hell? So I grabbed a few bits from it and I was like, this can't be that great. Like it's some kind of like ce- another celebrity brand. Tried the concealer, stunning. Tried the cream blush, absolutely beautiful. Tried this, this is the most perfect. I don't understand. I don't understand it either. It's the most lightweight, almost invisible coverage. And it's almost like a serum with like balls of color almost. Mm. So very similar to those tinted like BB creams that have those balls of color that kind of explode as you apply them. But this just has the most incredible finish on the skin. Looks like skin. It's luminous and looks luminous. like skin without being dewy and, or And greasy. it doesn't feel, there's no feeling on the skin afterwards. It's just so, so nice. And I did kind of feel that you can build it up very slightly if you do want slightly more coverage. But for me, with like a bit of sunburn on my cheeks, just enough coverage. It was beautiful. I love this. Uh, how, does it come in different shades? It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh Rose ink. It was. It's really, really nice. Really it's very nice. confusing to look at. It looks like a tube of it looks like, It looks like curdled sand and serum. Curdled yeah. sand and serum. It does, it does. But it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. I'm surprised at how quickly these little pigmented spheres kind of pop yeah. on yeah. your oh, skin. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to sit there rubbing and blending for ages. Mm. It's just the most lightweight. Just imagine serum with coloring. But like, yeah, but, oh, but oh, also not. It's it's not like anything I've used before. It feels like a hydrating serum with yeah. make, it's very weird. I like yeah. it. Beautiful, right? Yes. Well, listen, shall we take a break very yes. quickly? And then we'll be back from the break. Oh. A break's work. Yes. <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. And we're back. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I hope that break was kind God. to you. Yeah, was it us or was it not? Let us know. <laughs> or was it audible? 
Or Casper mattress. Yeah, I wish, James. Yeah. I wish it was Casper mattress. Or was it better help? I feel like they're everywhere. They're everywhere, aren't they? Well, listen, as it's a season finale, we thought we would go back over some of our most precious, precious guests we've had on our podcast and some of our favourite parts. It's a clip show. Yeah, it's a clip (laughs) show, but I feel like we've been really lucky with our guests this season. I hope that we've had some really interesting ones. And Mm. we're not very, we've wanted so many different guests, but we are terrible at organising this podcast. We literally sit down five minutes before we record. Recording. And the other day, we only, I only just remembered that we had an email address for this podcast and, <laughs> and like, inquiries and stuff like that. I didn't even think about no, it. No, so hopefully we'll be having some really exciting guests for you next season as well. Yeah. Um, but for now, we want to share some of our favourite clips from some of our amazing guests that we've had on this year. So let's take it away. Take it away. In episode 23, Publicly Parenting, we sat down with the amazing Raw Beauty Christy, who myself and James are huge, huge fans of, and we spoke about the transition from a beauty influencer into still being a beauty influencer, but with a child, and having a child in what we consider the public eye, and how it can have its challenges and and the decisions you make as an influencer to your audience. I wanted to ask, do you feel that some people almost call you out for not posting as much content on YouTube, despite knowing that I was gonna you are say a mother? That there's should be, I, I say this being a YouTuber for five years, knowing better, but <laughs> surely there is a amount of common sense from an audience or from viewers that, of course, you're a new mother now, your priorities have changed and you're not going to be as present online. Or do you find that people are like, well, we knew this was going to happen. Where's she gone? Yeah. Where's she going do, now? Do you find that that's We're her more... audience, you know. And I will, I will preface this by saying, of all the people, of all the moms, I'm the most sensitive to that shit. I am not, uh, I can make it sound like the internet really berates me, but really, is it that many no, it, mm. it, most people are understanding. Most of the audience is amazing, kind, wonderful, perfect, like angels, totally like, oh my gosh, you upload so much. But the little small percentage that does say it really hits me hard. So what mm. I will say is, I think that there is an expectation of you work from home, your husband works with you from home, mm. you don't mm. have an excuse. Mm. Um, we all have jobs. We had to go back to work and we didn't have the excuse to like get your shit together and put up YouTube videos. And in a way, they're not wrong. I do work from home. I I am so unfathomably lucky to be able to be here with him all day. It do, right. I'm not great at prioritizing. I'll just be the first to say that I'm not great at like, like I just get caught up in the day and then I'm like, oh my God, it's 6 p.m. I don't, I, I shit, yeah. I forgot to film again. So I have to really make a concerted <laughs> effort to like, okay, you take him, you go for a walk. I'm going to go film my YouTube video. It's a whole thing now. Before it was just like, I could take leisurely, get ready, do all that stuff. Now it's mm. like, okay, go. And I have to like run and go film a YouTube video super duper fast. And like, and so, yeah, yeah people are, are understanding, but in a way, I think that, No, they're not as well because I did post a lot about my pregnancy online because the way that I view that is it's my pregnancy. It's my body. And Mm -hmm. I have consent over posting myself. Like I can talk about, oh man, I have restless legs. I have this going on. And I posted my birth story. And so I did all of that stuff. 
but when I didn't post my son, when I don't share him, mm-hmm. when they don't see the finished product and feel mm-hmm. like they got some, not, not all people, obviously, but there's no like finale in a way because I'm not, he doesn't have consent to be on the internet. I don't right. want to exploit my child. I right. don't. I know, I know people want to see him. I know, yeah. and I know it's frustrating, <clears throat> but it's not, it's nobody's like, nobody's entitled to my child. What feels like forever ago now, we were joined by Hannah, otherwise known as Smoky Glow. And we were really going to talk about the rise of her like influencer to celebrity, but we kind of talked about all sorts of stuff. I think we really appreciate um, Hannah's in-depth kind of, well, insight on product launches and why product launches work and why they don't work. I was going to ask you, this has nothing to do with anything now. I've completely skipped topic. Thank you. But yeah, no, you're (laughs) welcome, everyone. Um, But I've been message a lot and I'm sure you've got this a lot too I've been tagging it about Becca shutting down yes. now question yeah. now question do you feel yes. this could be something to do with maybe a budget that went into a certain kind of foundation that maybe didn't go so well wait tell me because <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on the clear foundation <gasps> oh my god <laughs> yeah I do think if I had to guess yeah that that contributed yeah to what's going on now. And I also think that we're going to see a lot of other brands who have had maybe some questionable launches Mm. that were like a little... Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see this sort of... I think the first domino has fallen. And I think we're going to see a lot of other brands that have been around for a long time that for a long time we've been like, please be creative. Please give us more. And we're going to see them starting to fall. And I think that probably would have happened anyway. But I think mismanaging sort of launches like the clear foundation for some reason and i think mismanaging those and covid is kind of expediting what we were gonna see anyway in like five or ten years you know do you think people want bigger influencers to fail do you know what i mean really good question because it seems like Um, when something happens people look for say say for example jackman hill releases something or is going to put something out you'll see comments let's see what fucks up next let's see what happens next and then you it's almost as if people are waiting for i get this kind of like this hatred for influencers you know i I get this kind of air but it almost seems like the the more popular they get it seems like people want them to fail. There has to be a drama. There it has feels to like be... now, like, when it's going to happen, not if it's going to happen. <clears throat> yes. You know? yeah. yeah. I think it's because people... St- I think it's for a lot of reasons. I think that there is that element of wanting to be people to fail, but I think it's almost like an unconscious thing. Yeah. I think people don't yeah. even realize that that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. They're just like... You see someone, like, you'll see... Uh, James Charles, I think, is such a good mm. example. Because he started at 17, and he blew up so fast. Mm. at Like, astronomical yeah. numbers in such a short amount of time. And it was almost like you could see, because it happened in such a short time, the change in his personality mm. and the change in his behavior. Mm. And the way it was, like, kind of going to his head. Right. And as much as we love to see people succeed, when somebody is acting like they know they've succeeded, yeah. sometimes <laughs> you're kind of like, well, that's a little off-putting. Yeah. Like, you're 18 and you're buying a 10 million dollar home right like, that's a little weird yeah, you know? yeah. so i think that people people sometimes because you can see it so quickly people are like yeah like 
I'm just not vibing with that anymore. Yeah. So then when something little does happen, they're like, oh. This is it. James, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah you're, this is the moment <laughs> yeah. to be like, yeah, let's knock him down a right. few pegs. Let's, you know, take it down a little. And I, I don't think people mean to be like, well, let's absolutely destroy their mental health and make them want to no. like, literally do horrible mm-hmm. things. I don't think people want that, but it turns into that because when you have millions of people saying that you suck, it's very difficult yeah. <laughs> to like mentally go through something yeah. like that. So I think it's a, I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot of different reasons, but I think that's a good example is kind of like I think people more just want to take someone down a little yeah. Yeah. and it goes too far and then we have right. these you know downfalls. and I think you have to be <clears throat> excuse me wow <clears throat> <laughs> I had dairy today I think you have to be really careful <laughs> I think you have to be as as like influencer I keep air quoting but that's what it is influencer yeah. yeah I don't know why I keep saying that um it's almost like we're we're given a platform by someone else we didn't decide that we, that we were going to be influenced it's like yeah we tried yeah. it and yeah. then we were given it and when you see people misusing that platform and treating it like this was all me this was given like yeah then it's yeah. a little bit like well you know what i gave it to you fuck you yeah. let's take it down a bit yes. like you said you kind of need to knock them down a few pegs In episode 19, Collabs from a Coffin, we were joined by Audra, or Audra at Home, as some of you might know her as, and we spoke about something that was kind of a trend, or happened a lot, I wouldn't say it was a trend, in 2021, and that was brands launching collaborations with dead celebrities. And we touched on kind of how this looks to fans, how we think about it from a moral standpoint, and um, just our opinions, really you can't separate the brand from the person because this thing is like when you look at prince is he more of like a, or any kind of celebrity are they more of like a brand or like a symbol that can be played around with rather than like where where's the cutoff line because i guess it's like with most celebrities mm. it you know some people feel this huge connection to them and they they're in love with them like you love selena merchandise yes yeah, well, i was dead. yeah i was just going to say this because i think there's two well, there's not just two different kinds of celebrity. Yeah. Which one are you? <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, if we're comparing, for example, pr- let's compare, right, the three main people that we see, well, not the three main people, but people that we see a lot, rep, um, you know, put, uh, on merchandise. And that is, well, let's say Prince, we'll say Selena, mm-hmm. Uh, not Selena mm. Gomez. Uh, <laughs> Everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. And Marilyn Monroe, right? Mm. Let's yes. put Prince and Selena together, not just because they were music icons, but because when mm. you watched them, you knew their style, you knew who they were, you knew yeah. they were very much like, this is who they are, you knew their, um, you knew Selena's family, you know, you knew struggles that Prince went through. Mm. Whereas if we look at someone like Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe, who's an actress, is that how she, yeah. does anyone else get the feeling, is that how she really was? You know, like what was, we but saw. she wasn't right. She like I believe she had like statements where she said where like she would talk about how men wanted Marilyn Monroe, but then all they got was Norma G. Right, right. And so I like she's another one where I don't really love the licensing of her image, yes. not just in makeup, but in like everything, because yeah. that image was. Um, I think troublesome to her based on the books and Mm. movies and things like that. It just, that image of her, it also took surgery to get there. (laughs) Like this person that she became wasn't who she was. And I think caused her a lot of depression. And um, Mm. so when I look at that, I kind of, I don't feel good. Like when I was younger, obviously I didn't understand it. I was like, oh, Marilyn Diamonds, our girl's best friend. But like I got older. (laughs) (laughs) 
and realize like <laughs> oh maybe we shouldn't do i'm like oh yeah <laughs> listen if if you don't walk around your house at least once a week going diamonds <laughs> are you even a person like <laughs> oh i bet start doing that you? Do, you, do you remember there was a period of time and i think it was like the early 2000s where absolutely everywhere right there was black and white pictures of marilyn monroe she was all yeah. lighters canvases bags mm. and they were always black and white but mm. there was like diamante details absolutely yes. everywhere it was every everywhere you everywhere. went it was insane every like it was marilyn Monroe bags audrey yeah. hepburn bag. it was yeah. just a weird thing that just randomly yeah. because i feel like was that when like tcm like t- became like a channel or something <laughs> like, just oh, maybe because like... <laughs> didn't they release a big um like box box set of like dvds or like a library of dvds yeah, or something mm. i can't i, there was just, was I remember like one time yeah yeah and like I don't know. I feel like there's, I feel like if a celebrity like Selena, for instance, I don't get upset about her posthumous makeup because she was very into makeup. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So like that was a thing for her. Mm -hmm. So I get that, right. That makes sense. It doesn't feel ooky, Mm. but I feel like when there are people where you can kind of see that that wasn't their thing. Right, like, like right. I know they Prince liked to wear mm, makeup, right. but I don't think he would have liked this bunk ass no. whack palette that they released. In episode nine, we were joined by Jill Dunn and Carleen Higgins of Breaking Beauty Podcast. As well as being like an iconic moment for our podcast, we talked about iconic moments in beauty, people, and those products that really, really change the face of beauty. I love this topic. I mean, this is why we, on our show, we talk about the breakthrough moments in people because that's pretty much why I fell in love with beauty is because I feel like it really is just one lens into the world and into society. And it really does mirror like what we're thinking and what we're feeling. And um, I think the prime example of that is Mac cosmetics. And I know Robert as like a poor Mac makeup artist, like you're, you're going to know everything that I'm talking about, but I really (laughs) drank the Kool-Aid on that one because we, you know, we interviewed Frank Toskin, um, ourselves so this was a few years ago now it was one of our earlier Mm -hmm. episodes and of course he's no longer with Mac so it's not that easy to get an interview with Frank and um he's based here in Toronto so we went to his condo in Yorkville and like sat in his living room um and I I just felt like that brand is just pure nostalgia to me and I I know probably for you guys as well and so many listeners um growing up like in the 90s it was not the cornucopia of sephora brands that Mm -hmm. you see today you know and i just felt like mac was so breakthrough having those like powerful colors that you know was for makeup artists first yeah um and so that was the first introduction for me of just like the magic of makeup And then, of course, it was everything that it stood for, you know, the tagline, all ages, all races, all genders. Like, I really feel that that paved the way to all of the inclusive brands that we see today, this wave. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But Mac had to do, like, the hard work. 
when it came to that. My iconic moment, for better or for worse, is sort of the era-defining work influence of Kim Kardashian. And I think really the person who's in charge of it all is Kris Jenner. Yeah. Um, So when you think about them, uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, it launched in 2007. And so now they're in their 20th and final season, which is 2001. So we've really seen absolutely every incarnation of this family and what they've been through. And we've seen them grow up and their kids and all of that. Um, You know, uh, Kris Jenner, as I mentioned before, actually, that was on our show, but she really (laughs) is. She was on the Wall Street Journal Uh, magazine cover this week and the tagline was from momager to mogul and she said that she i do have a skincare line that i love that's ready to go when the time is right from any year from now or maybe two years from now and i really think it's important for older women to realize that um you know that older women can have products too so i'll be interested to see to see Mm. where that where that comes Mm. from but in terms of their influence, I really think there's two parts to it. Number one is, of course, the aesthetic. And then number two, like sort of the business model that they have rolled out to, um, you know, that's basically being copied by every single celebrity yeah, who wants yeah, to yeah. cash in in the beauty world. Um, and on a personal note, I met Kim Kardashian in 2010. She came to Toronto to launch her fragrance at the Shopping Channel at the time. And I'll never forget, it was in the Hazleton Hotel, Carlene. It was on the side room where um, basically there was like people there from the Shopping Channel, executives and things like that. And every ma- major magazine sent their like number two or three. Yeah, I skipped, to I skipped go that event. And- I remember that event and I was like, meh. <laughs> yeah busy so it was a license a licensing deal she had for a fragrance at the time and just no one cared I cared because I liked the show I liked Mm. keeping up with the Kardashians so I went and she was so chill and she was wearing this like bodycon white dress like this is before she met (laughs) Kanye and it just to think of how far she has come from there that was in 2010 to now was this pre-sex tape or post-sex tape because this was like way back in the beginning where yeah. does that fit in with the Kardashian series timeline? Was that before the, she... the sex tape? Yeah. Was it before, was before. the TV series? Mm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yes. no, you said yes, the series exactly. started in 2007. So wasn't it, this yeah. would have been three years later, three years into the show? No, but he, I think they're asking about the sex tape. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. The sex tape was before the, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, so she just basically was kind of on the fringes of the beauty world. I remember she also had a contract with like, um, what was the lip pumper at the time? Lip fusion beauty. Oh Oh, yeah. That was a thing. Lip fusion. (laughs) She, she had like a contract with them to sort of like promo it. So basically she was on the fringes of beauty, but it wasn't until, um, you know, I think she got teamed up with, Kanye and with Makeup by Mario that she really started to come forward with this aesthetic so it really Mm -hmm. defined the last decade of course so it's like and it's been replicated on YouTube and on faces all around the world yeah you know, yeah. you know, it's like the arched brow, the baked powder contour, mm-hmm. color corrected concealer, the the neutral lip pencil that's slightly overdrawn, the brown yeah. gloss or the new the new gloss. And I just think feel like that aesthetic is undeniably um, attached to her. It's, and and it defined it defined the last decade. In episode 16, we were extremely lucky to be joined by David Yee, who is the founder of Good Light World 
and Good Light, the skincare brand who make incredible, incredible skincare. And we're speaking about his book launch, Pretty Boys. And this book is about men and masculine identifying people throughout history who have used makeup, even from the beginning of time, almost. And we spoke about brands and gender throughout brands and gender equality. And he was the most incredible person to speak about this. And he had some great advice for brands out there who want to be a little bit more inclusive. Or do you think there's a reason why brands are maybe too scared to almost rebrand themselves? And like brands that are considered more classic, um, classic brands, like let's say for example, Estee Lauder or something like that, or YSL, where you're in department stores and it's usually, um, you know, all um, mature women. All smells like rose. All smells like rose. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Do you think there is, or do you think brands are scared to try and start including everyone? I think brands are terrified Mm. of these cultural shifts that are happening in seismic ways that aren't just happening, you know, in decades. It's happening overnight, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that brands are really rethinking their entire marketing plan or what they believe in and what they stand for. I think, unfortunately, these brands really don't stand for a bigger mission, except for capitalism and Mm -hmm. being out there and gaining as much as they can. Mm -hmm. Um, But smaller brands are starting out with missions, right? We have brands like Self Made, which is all about mental health, or Good Mm -hmm. Light, which is all about gender inclusivity. Mm -hmm. Um, And and there's brands like Rare Beauty by Selena Mm -hmm. Gomez that that are also about mental health. And I think that you have to stand for something now where you fall for everything. And unfortunately, these big conclusions conglomerates has, have never stood for anything. They've never yeah. stood for a social cause and in their yeah. DNA, it's not in there. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they are pivoting and trying to pivot fast, fast, see what is authentic to them, what is real to them. But it's very difficult. It's yeah. a very difficult transition because they do have a built-in audience and customer base that they right. don't want to alienate. But at yeah. the same time, they're thinking, we need to progress into the future. Beauty is the way through. Mm-hmm. And I think that beauty is the most progressive industries out there. And so how do they kind of pivot that's in an authentic way? Now, that's a real challenge that I yeah. feel like every brand is thinking and trying to tiptoe around. But it's something that they need to do quickly or else they're going to be irrelevant in the yeah. next few yeah. years or next few months. Yeah, we did recently. Um, I thought of that question because we did a panel not that long ago. It was with, like a private panel. Yeah. Um, over the fa- over the face. No, what was it? Zoom. Zoom, that's it. Zoom. I keep always forgetting <laughs> what's called. Yeah, over the Zoom. Over the Zoom. And um, it was with bigger brands and we couldn't, we, couldn't, we couldn't see them, but we knew they were there. Yeah, they were and watching. they were asking us a lot of questions and that one in particular as well, or sorry, the one I'm going to ask you is they a lot of them were asking how can a brand like Clinique, Essay Lauder, what can they do, do you think, to start um, including everyone and not seeing like they're being like, Is more... it as simple as changing packaging? Is it right. as simple as changing the names to make them, you know, more, le- less fluffy or less hard hitting? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the kind of questions we were getting was like, oh, should we change our packaging from pink to clear? And it's like, <laughs> it's not, again, it's a, that thing of like, we, we gave an example of like deodorant. It's like, we were saying cucumber is always women's deodorant. It's cucumber and something. And men's is always 
gym. I don't know. Green. <laughs> leather, leather and tobacco, you know? And it's it's all Gosh. these things that are considered so... It's like they were getting it wrong. They were like, what do we do? What do we do? Do we change the packaging? It was like, no, just <laughs> allow us to pick. And we, like... That's it. And we were saying, and like you were saying, brands are starting now with a mission. And people um, see brands like they are people. It's not like, you know, it's like a good light is my friend because this is how they see the world. You know, mm. rare beauty is my friend because this is how they see the world. Whereas you don't go, oh, um, I don't know, Clinique's uh, my friend because they all wear lab coats. Like, it's not like, <laughs> it, that's not something you, you think of, you know? Yeah. And uh, people now are picking brands based on, like, they're picking friends. Mm, so right. if we were to say, for example, I know I keep using Estee Lauder and Clinique as a... Because like, you're I mean, familiar They're the with best them. example. If we were to change our friend, Estee Lauder, do you think there's a way that they can pivot and be like, in a genuine way, that seems genuine, where they can be like, okay, our brand isn't just for what we consider feminine people or females. You know, I have, I have mixed feelings about this because mm. everyone deserves to be redeemed or try to do the right thing. But if you're even asking that question, how can we be more inclusive or how Mm. can we be Mm -hmm. more of this generation? You're already behind because that means that the decision makers inside who are creating these brands or have the agency aren't from the communities that you're trying to market to. Right. And so if you're trying to be more inclusive, do you have enough Asian people in management, enough black folks who are, you know, heading these departments? Do you have enough people who are, you know, not just on the gender binary, non-binary folks or trans folks who are also a part of your departments? Mm -hmm. And that's where I kind of have to question these brands and say, okay, you don't know the answers and you should know the answers because Mm. that should be who is making the decisions. Are you trying to capitalize on diversity and inclusion or are you actually being diverse and inclusive? In one of my favorite podcast episodes, Trolls and Tribulations, we spoke to Mal from the Millennial Therapist podcast. And again, amongst many other things, we mainly spoke about trolls, their deep obsessions with their favorite influencers and celebrities, and why they take attacks on their favorite influencers and celebrities so personally, and why they even end up resorting to things like death threats and death to your family and burning down your house and all that kind of stuff. It got very interesting. We've talked a few times with people in this podcast about is there a difference between uh, viewers, subscribers, fans, obsessions or interests in your typical celebrity, Hollywood celebrity versus a YouTuber, you know, what builds up that stan culture and that interest? Like, do you feel there is a difference? I think, and I think um, the last episode you had with Smokey Glow, she kind of hit on, um, hit it on the nail the head mm. of the nail? Something nail. I don't know. She nail did it. On the head? <laughs> about she did it. She did it. But she spoke to how it's more of a personal level with YouTubers and influ- mm. influencers because you all are so accessible, right? Mm. Like, and you're not, you don't have this facade of like, oh, I'm just acting or I'm just singing. Like, you're like, I'm mm. Robert, I'm James. And you're, li- yeah. and we know that you're recording in kind of a private area. So I think it yeah. takes away that third wall, fourth wall, whatever yeah. wall is there, it makes it more personable where um, I think I think that obsession intensifies with this new mm-hmm. group. Yeah. 
Because it's an accessibility that we've never had before. Like, when we were teenagers, the the amount of, you know, to the amount... What am I saying? I have no idea what you're saying. Listen, I had magazines, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's how you got it. And that's as close as you got. Whereas now we can be in bed on our phones. We can be on the toilet if we want to be watching an influencer, (laughs) you know? You can be in the shower, hopefully not holding Mm -hmm. your phone in the shower. That'd be weird. (laughs) But things like that. And and it's everywhere you go. So like you said, it's that accessibility to them. Mm -hmm. So what borderlines on obsession... Mm-hmm. being like a stan or would you consider those the same thing i think there is a line when it negatively impacts your life mm-hmm. when somebody like i, I think J- james or maybe robert you did the fen- the fenty line right i think james you both did it because she does the makeup mm-hmm. and the and the skincare yeah. right yeah yeah so, like, when you were honest and you're like, oh, like, this isn't all that. It's whatever. They're like, how dare you, fucker? Like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. I'm sorry. Did I call your mom ugly? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you don't know them. <laughs> yeah, that mm. is such a good point. What drives this has always bugged me and I never understand yeah. it. Okay, say I'm a huge fan of um, Lady Gaga. We'll use her because I'm not. Like, I think she's a great actress and <laughs> yeah, singer, yeah, yeah. but I don't like her music. But what drives someone? Say I love her. She doesn't know me. She doesn't know I exist. But I'm obsessed. And then I see somebody say something negative. Not really negative. Mm-hmm. Just constructive criticism online. Sure. What then drives that rage in me to be like, you know what? Like you said, you, you know, that kind of aggression where it's Go like, you die, just insulted my family. Yourself, yeah. yeah, literally to a point where yeah. they like, kill yourself and mm. you burn your house down. Mm. What drives <laughs> that? Why? What, where does that obsession come from? This person doesn't know them. At right. all. They don't know they exist. So I I believe that there's there's a lot of different levels, right? I think, you know, and this is really generalizing because we don't mm. know the specific person, but right. mm. we, I think we have to take account of, like, the age. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can't imagine seeing, like, a 40, 50-year-old person be like, how dare you? I love Gaga. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck, your, I hate your cat. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your cat's stupid. <laughs> that would make me cry. Um, that would make me I, cry. Right? I'm like, you don't yeah. even know my cat, man. You don't know my cat, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I think it's that that over identification with whomever they love, right? Because you you see qualities in these t- type of celebrities, and I think influencers intensifies because you all are so like accessible and relatable mm. um, that you're like. I want to be this person. I like what this person's about. Hence, I am like them. So I think people are taking a personal attack because they mm. feel like you are attacking their values, right? So mm. um, it's not just the music, but I think like with with Rihanna, she's doing a great thing with her her cosmetic line, right? Making it yeah. very inclusive. She right. is a black, you know, black woman um, doing wonderful things. Yeah. So to say something not positive about her may feel like an attack on her whole being mm, and and what right. she's doing for the world when it's not it's like well her fucking nighttime su- has sunscreen in it why <laughs> like yeah why yeah yeah yes. <laughs> why why do you need an SPF to go night night yeah <laughs> <laughs>
In episode 13, Positive Influence, we sat down with Soph, Soph Does Life, or you may have known her way back in the day, Soph Does Nails, and we spoke about being an influencer and going from, you know, school and the choices you make as an influencer that affect your everyday life. Speaking of that then, you obviously mm. start. you said when you were 18, and we were talking mm. about how it was a completely different place like back then. Obviously now, people around that age kind of, they have TikTok, they yep. have, you know, all this other stuff. Do you think at the age of 18, how old are you now, sorry? 24. 24. So do you mm. think at the age of 18, you would have been able to handle your daily work life now or your weekly schedule now? Like, do you think that would have been something that you could have grasped and worked well with? Oh God, what as if I was to do exactly what I'm doing now, but just when but I was at 18. The age of 18. And say so you blew up, so you had like the same amount of followers you do no. now. No, no. Well, this is, this is part of the reason why I actually ended up dropping out of university because oh, really? I went to uni for a year and <gasps> that was when my channel started sort of taking off. Mm. And it got to the point where I was, I was staying up till like 4am most days oh, and I had multiple sort of times throughout that year where I just had a bit of a breakdown like I can't do both because how Mm. am I supposed to keep up with making at the time I was doing like strictly doing three videos every single week um sometimes more sometimes I would do four or five I don't know why I did that to myself um honestly yeah and then in any of my spare time I was trying to get my uni work done and then if there were any big projects that were coming up I was up until 4am trying to finish my uni work Mm. and then I would go in the next day and hand it in and then I would go home and film a YouTube video and it was just like a constant cycle of just doing something Mm. and like you said my friends would be like oh do you want to do something I'd be like I can't I've either got to finish uni work or I've got to film this YouTube video and I just couldn't do both um Mm. and so no I think if I was 18 and I was at school still and trying to do my A-levels and it all blew up like this I don't think I would have been able to keep it up I would have had to quit YouTube um Mm. yeah or at least you know just post once a week or once every two weeks or something mm. um but then because, would you yeah. have got to the position that you are no, now with youtube i That's wouldn't have thing. done mm. this is the thing so i think if i had stayed at uni which um obviously all my uni tutors were like oh you don't want to you don't want to quit um because first of all it looks bad on them YouTube, if, yeah. because so yeah. many people dropped out and they didn't even do youtube it was just not the best course that i was on mm. but um <laughs> Yeah, they all encouraged me to stay on and they were saying, oh, but if you get your degree as a graphic designer in a few years time, you know, you could be on a decent wage and all of this. And it's like, yeah, but I could also do that now Now, if I leave uni Mm. and just take that risk and see where it goes. And obviously Mm. that's what I did decide to do. And I was lucky that it did pay off and it worked out. Um, Yeah. I wouldn't encourage everyone to start a YouTube channel and be like, okay, I'm going to drop out. This is what I think a lot of people don't Mm. realise is, yes, being a YouTuber can eventually pay Mm -hmm. well and give you a really good career, but I don't think I know anyone who is who is not living with their parents or wasn't living with their parents mm-hmm. or had somewhere where they didn't have to pay rent and you mm-hmm. know pay bills mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. who didn't work a full-time job alongside yeah. building up their career as a YouTuber and mm-hmm. I think people don't see that gradual success they, they all think it's overnight kind of success yes. and yeah. here's the thing I I think I've mentioned this before in a podcast I very much um think the success of how far I've gone my YouTube channel so far 
was down to luck and recording the mm-hmm. right video at, at the, the right same time. time. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are like, the algorithm, the algorithm, do this, change the lighting. Oh my God, I thought mm-hmm. I knew Should I move that for you? No, 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 I'm not done it's yet. Just foam. No, it's I just can foam. No, I can mix it. I can mix it. <laughs> I can mix it. Um, <laughs> um, whereas I'm like, well, if I didn't make that video at that right time and post it on that day about this subject, mm. I wouldn't mm. do anything. Do you think yeah. a lot of it is down to luck? Um, and how much of it is down to hard work in terms of being successful in a, on in a realistic, in a realistic way. world? Yeah, world. I, <laughs> I do definitely think it is a huge combination of both because mm. I did work extremely hard at the start of my YouTube channel mm-hmm. to, you know, push out as many videos as I yeah. could. But if I hadn't made you know, a couple of trending videos that blew up at the time. Yeah. I saw mm. people doing, um, what was my video that blew up? I think it was testing Poundland makeup or testing Primark no, makeup really? or something. Yeah. Yeah. And a couple of other people had done those videos and they'd done really well. So I thought, okay, I'm going to hop on that trend and I'm going to do right. that. And then those videos did really well and loads of people found my channel from that. And yeah. so if I hadn't made those videos, if people hadn't found them from that specific trend, I don't think I would have grown as much. And I do right. think... There definitely is a big part of it that's down to luck. But yeah. also, if I wasn't as hardworking and wasn't pushing out all of those videos, people would have mm. maybe clicked on my channel and thought, oh, well, she barely uploads. I'm not going to subscribe. Very true. So I think yeah. it's a combination of both. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the time I do say, oh, I just got lucky. And my family kind mm. of like, Soph, give yourself some credit. You some did credit. actually yeah. work hard. Yeah. Yeah. Which I do it's, know, yeah. but I think uh, it's quite lucky. I, it kind honest. of felt, yeah, I mm. thought with me, I was really lucky. But even I also felt like you said, I was making content before. And it mm. was always like, I'm making this content. So when I get to that point where video does really well, yeah. I also have all this content, mm. you know? Um, yeah. But I do think, what if I never made that video? Yeah. I had to force you. Let's be honest. Do you remember? <laughs> go on, go on. No, you carry on. I do remember the first time I recorded a YouTube video. And I was, it was in, when we lived in, uh, it was in London. Mm. And our rooms were next to each other. And all you could hear was me <laughs> shouting at a camera. Robert trying used to, to shout at <laughs> Trying to record an introduction. But I felt, you know, when you feel really uncomfortable mm. in, a, in a room by yourself talking. Mm. So it's like, hi! Mm. <laughs> but then, literally, last, last year? Was it last year? I had to Your force him to do this properly before, seriously mm-hmm. i was like look oh, it was last year it sorry. was last yeah, year yeah. yeah i was really honest i was like this is what i'm making this mm-hmm. is like how it works and how um you're already doing it but ha- here's how you could go a step further and, I was like, and no. do this routine. i was like no no i don't get it i don't get it i had to force <laughs> him to do it but that's the thing when you say it's not just luck he was on the right track to yeah. being able to do this as a full-time job because mm-hmm. of the content you were making and because of the views you were getting. But you and just, then you got those videos. Yeah. You just told me you were in social media marketing. So <laughs> I didn't understand. <laughs> I wouldn't tell where I lived. Um, but that's the thing. So you you had all that content behind you and that, that quality content that was getting mm-hmm. good views. But then it was like, this is trending, this is trending, do this, mm-hmm. do that. And then luckily, none of my suggestions were the ones that trended. But, you know, you <laughs> caught onto those trends. So it was a bit of luck yeah. at the time, but also understanding yeah. the algorithm. <laughs> wow. What a guest. What a clip show. <laughs> well, we'll be back very soon. We don't quite know when yet, but we are coming back last night. Like, oh, maybe we'll be back. Yeah, we're not disbanding. <laughs> we're not just, yeah, we're not, we're not arguing behind the scenes. Um, 
And like I said, keep an eye on our social media. It's at the Double Cleanse Podcast on Instagram to keep you updated on everything. Thank you so much for being there for us through season two. Yeah, the longest season of any season <laughs> ever. <laughs> I think we have like 60 episodes. I think it's no, it's so the good. longest season ever yeah. of anything. So we're just going to take a little break and we'll be back and we'll be seeing you very, very soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.